Creatures of the Night! Welcome to Talking Taker! Episode 180 of our encyclopedic exploration digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all Tizan, The Undertaker! Good day, mates! My name is Alex Dorio, and I'm joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy. He is the Thunder from Down Under. Mr. Travis White and Travis, we are heading out back for the super showdown between The Undertaker and Triple H. It's no disqualification, or as I like to say, no rules, just right. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good, I reckon. <laughs> <sighs> that's it. Wait, wait, no wait. Rules, just what am right. I supposed to say? <laughs> I love it. I love it. No rules just right. You know what, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Alex and I had a no rules just right match actually in our backyard wrestling federation. We originally Maybe we'll, uh, yeah. we'll unbox that one day as a extra. <laughs> take, it, take it out of the box. Box of the yeah. archives. That's right. No, man. seriously, man, we're going down under for a blooming onion of a match here. There's so much that's just happening, and uh, yeah, big return to Australia, the the uh, the land of Oz. The Land of Oz, the uh, the original Australian pay-per-view on the WWE Network, the only one, but to this point, they've had these Saudi yeah. Arabia shows, they haven't gone back down under yet. Ah, maybe it's because of this match, who knows, uh, we'll get into it here. <laughs> Allegedly, last time ever between The Undertaker and Triple H, and uh, you know, for a singles match, it is true so far, but uh, of course, we know that this is actually setting up something much bigger, uh, much more ominous, uh, much more memorable uh, that we'll get to on next week's show. But we're going to take it back to this one. We're going to re-examine it, uh, see if these two legends, Hall of Famers, icons could rekindle a little bit of the magic of their earlier rivalry here. So uh, uh, grab your blue and onions, uh, grab your fosters, and uh, let's take our time traveling a hearse. They still make that? Absolutely, dude. Australian for beer. Giant can like this. Uh, <laughs> I was going to get I'm one to record tonight, can. but I didn't make it for the gas station. Uh, but uh, Open a can of fosters. <laughs> let's take it down to... Uh, uh, take it back to 2018. We are going to, of course, pick up uh, where we last left off at the Greatest Royal Rumble with The Undertaker defeating Rusev and picking up a win in his final casket match ever. Yeah, very and softly. It's weird, dude. We're talking final casket matches. We're talking last time ever with The Undertaker. They're definitely letting us know that things are coming to an end with the dead man here uh, as they WWE, uh, uh, or excuse me, as The Undertaker, he kind of goes off the grid. He's going to go back into hibernation, into the cryogenic chamber to, to rest <laughs> until he's popped out again. And uh, the WWE is going to announce on social media, again, going back to what we talked about last week, all these big announcements coming over Twitter and YouTube and all this sort of stuff. Uh, it's going to be Vince McMahon himself is going to make this big announcement 
that the WWE is going to have another international super show on the yeah. WWE Network. Uh, he makes this announcement on June 16th, 2018, and says that uh, it's going to be Super Showdown, and for the main event... By the way, The Undertaker and Triple H will compete against each other for the very last time, ending an iconic era in WWE. Uh, of course, they famously had the end of an era uh, five years before this, <laughs> right. seven Six yeah. years before this. Six years before this. Yeah. Uh, but this time, it's the last time. For well, real that was the end time. of an era. This is the last time ever. Those are two completely different things, man. Don't. Of I don't know are. what you're thinking here. <laughs> no, it's a new era, but it's the last time ever. <laughs> yeah. this new well, that was era. the end of that era. Yeah, it's a new this era. This is a brand new era. It's the last time in that era. It's like, you know, it occurred to me when you were just talking. And I got an Australia connection here, too. You are talking about how they're kind of letting us know the taker's winding down. But they keep, like, you know... Here's the last of this. Here's like it's kind of like at the end of Lord of the Rings, Return, Return of the King. How it's like the movie ends, and then it ends again, and then it ends again, and then it ends again. And of course, that was filmed in New Zealand, which is next door to Australia. So yeah, basically there you the go, same Mike. <laughs> basically the same thing. Yes, these last few episodes are just like the end of uh, Return of the King. Man. Yeah. Is this the end? No, no. Is this the end? <laughs> Getting up, leaving it. No, nope, sit back down. Yeah, 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 yeah okay. I really got to exactly. go to the bathroom. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Uh, oh. But uh, we do get another last time ever, uh, before we yeah. really get into this buildup, uh, I believe this is the last time that The Undertaker mm-hmm. competes on a non-televised event. On August 8th, 2018, he heads to Madison Square Garden for a very special and uh, extremely rare, up to this point, house show appearance. And he's going to team up with uh, the man who retired him. Not quite. (laughs) We thought we retired him. (laughs) Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman to face off against the motley crew of Kevin uh, Kevin Owens, Baron Corbin, and Elias. So it's a cool rub for all these uh, five other guys in the ring, oh, yeah. the two on his team and the three across the ring. And then Taker, he doesn't do much work. He, he gets the hot tag, you know, naturally, mm-hmm. uh, and comes in, hits KO with a tombstone for the pin, and, uh, which I'm sure was just a complete honor for Kevin Owens. Oh, it, I've seen an interview with him fairly recently where he talks about that. That was just, as I mean, that's his dream come true, you know, like in MSG getting to lose to Taker, who cares? Like, it's awesome. And this was uh, briefly highlighted in the Last Ride documentary, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Isn't this when yeah. he goes back and they have the plaque thing for him or whatever it is? I think there so. At MSG, yeah, yeah. yeah, this was the night that, you know, he did, he had this match. So, anyway, yeah, pretty cool. So, because, again, like you said, I think it's his last house show ever. Yeah. That was my son, my son's second birthday, too. So, yeah. Happy birthday, bud. Anyway. You know, Elias was as a guy that Undertaker kind of teased having, you know, some yeah. interaction with. Uh, we thought we might get a match with him one day. Uh, we thought we might get a Braun Strowman Undertaker match. That was mm-hmm. definitely teased a bit. But I tell you what, dude, a Kevin Owens Undertaker match, man, that one that one kind of oh. hurts. That 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 yeah. one you know could have been really really special. Oh yeah, it would have. It would have. Well, all these guys in the ring, I mean, even Baron Corbin, he has he took Baron Corbin under his wing a little bit down in NXT and gave him a lot. And when he came up to the main roster, gave him lots of pointers, lots of, 
you know, just don't do this because you're a big guy. Do this because you're an athletic big guy, stuff like that. And Baron Corbin says he called him out on his stuff, you know, so like in a good way, you know. So, yeah, everybody could have got the rub there. But, yeah, that KO match would have been uh, something something to see, you know. Yeah. That match we never got. And then uh, Seth Rollins, we never got that Seth either, Rollins so. would have been great. Yeah, yeah. For sure. That would have been like him and Sean all over again. So, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so, yeah, speaking of Sean, we're going to get to him soon. So, that's going to take us to uh, Raw. So in uh, August twentieth, two thousand eighteen, I guess I'll I don't know who takes us here. Go I guess for I'll it, man! I, yeah, I started yeah. things off. This is it. the the Raw after the SummerSlam. So they just had big SummerSlam, which meant the night before that would have been NXT. Um, so of course, naturally, Triple H comes out top of the second hour to great ovation from the crowd, and uh, I guess again, you know, they've already advertised that they're going to be facing at. You know, in Australia, so crowd's got a huge NXT chant for him, and because again, this is a really big banner weekend for NXT. Those those takeovers were always spectacular, and usually wound up still in the weekend from the main roster pay per views. So especially during this time. So this was uh, Toronto, right? Mm, possibly. That, I don't. I think so. I think that was in. I thought this. I thought SummerSlam was in Brooklyn. I don't know, Brooklyn or LA. Who knows? Maybe okay. it was Toronto that year. I don't know. I think it was the one where Edge came out and hit a spear, like, on the pre-show. On the pre-show. Oh, yeah. It was like, Maybe so. what? Yeah, that was weird. But, um, yeah. Anyway. I don't it was know. A, this, was, this was Brooklyn. I was wrong. It was Brooklyn? Yeah, yeah. okay. I thought it was because it was in Brooklyn for the summers there. I uh, think Toronto Survivor the next year. Series was ter- the next year? SummerSlam's oh, okay. in Toronto the next year. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So, well, you know, he puts over the whole weekend and says that, you know, he the thing that was – different is that he got to sit in the back and enjoy it just like everybody else you know and he says he's going to work till the day he dies to make sure this company is here for everyone again the whole crowd is just chanting nxt and because they know that he's pulling the strings down there so you know he uh says that you know weekends like this make him get that itch again and want to take the suit off and tape back up and lace up the boots and want make him want to be the game again so he says when vince called him a couple weeks ago which should have been like a couple months ago, right. but said that yeah, <laughs> two months before this, over two months before this. So, Hunter, did you watch my video on the YouTube? Yeah, it's a new channel. It's kind of I like tried that. to tout it out, but I... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but he says Vince, you know, gave him a chance, and he said, "Heck yeah, he's gonna do it." But he had a little saltier language than that. But anyway, then. He says, you know, Vince told him he wants to step in the ring against Taker, and Triple H said, heck no. <laughs> he said so <laughs> because, uh, you know, of all the great things he's been able to do, there's one that stands above the rest. And, again, we've he's not really – he's kind of shooting here. You know, he talked – this is kind of legit. He talks about the match that they had, the end of an era match at WrestleMania 28, and he says that – and we see the picture of that, those three guys at the top of the ramp. And, and interestingly enough here, the crowd starts chanting for HBK. So – they're already uh, mm. they smelling got the out. With the, already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. They got the itch, too, like Triple H says. And they're like, hmm, maybe we could lead to something here. So, yeah, start chanting for HBK. And um, Triple H says that moment was as real as it gets. You know, none of them are ever going to forget it, and it changed them. They knew it was the end. And after that, Sean was gone, and the streak was dead. And Taker put his hat and gloves down, disappeared for a while. And then Triple H put the suit on, cut the tape, took off his trunks, and after that match, he says, you know, without sounding like a bitter veteran, our era was something special. And of course, the crowd's going nuts for all that because, you know, he's not wrong. But um, 
got some you still got it chance from the crowd which is weird because like he still wrestles like several times a year yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but but they're just you know they're they're pining for this match with him and taker so um and then triple h says you know because of all that he called vince back and said you know i'm in you know sign me up so i'm gonna take off my suit lace up my boots and i'm gonna be the game again so if undertaker's gonna pick up that hat put on those gloves be the phenom one more time which is weird because like that was literally the storyline at WrestleMania that he picked up the gloves, picked up the hat and put it on and became the phenom by squashing John Cena in two minutes. So yep. I was just, I don't know. I thought it was kind of weird. They just kind of glossed over that, but, um, you know, they like to rewrite history sometimes. So, uh, and then yeah. he had a casket match in Saudi Arabia. So. Exactly. Man. Yeah. But none, none of that, none of that's important. None of that no, matters. None of that, no, it's none Triple H. Matters. But time. exactly. So he says, you know, Australia Super Showdown, 80,000 people in attendance, the world watching, the sound will be back, the feeling will be back, the goosebumps will be back, because the era is back! Melbourne, Australia! The Undertaker and the game one last time. And he's super intense, putting it over and just really selling it. And um, this is one of those weird periods where they're actually building toward Super Showdown, Hell in a Cell Review, which is like two weeks after that, uh, Evolution, which is like two weeks after that, and then Super Showdown. Oh no, I'm sorry. I just, I just said that. Well, then, and then after Evolution, there's going to be Crown Jewel. We're going to get yeah. into, and then Survivor Series. So it's like there's like six pay per views in like eight weeks or like ten weeks. It's crazy, and they're yeah. trying to build toward all of it at once. It's really, really weird. Yeah, I, I've I've said on here last week I wasn't really watching uh, full time at this point, but I was still kind of keeping up with things. But it was very difficult to keep up with things because the show was like a mess. Because you're like you are. Okay, this match is happening at this pay-per-view, but then we've also got this pay-per-view. We've got a women's match at at, uh-huh. at Super Showdown, and one at Hell in a Cell, and then we have a whole pay-per-view full of women's matches. And yeah. It's just like, guys, like, it is too much going on. Like, the writers have trouble building to one pay-per-view, like, much less <laughs> yeah. three pay-per-views trying to balance all that. It was not, not a great time to be a fan. Yeah. Um, and again, but, this is right after SummerSlam. We just finished SummerSlam this, the night after, and we're yes. building to all this right now. And this aren't till October. It's, it's hard to make stuff feel like it matters. It's hard enough when you have a pay per view every month, uh, but when you yeah. have three going on, it's like, why? Like, what is even the point? Like, why? Why am I supposed to take this seriously? Um, and it's hard to take it seriously too when it says like Triple H says, "I take our end of an era match so seriously that I want to." have another match like <laughs> right. that I value that so much that I want to bury it and yeah. like exactly. uh, to be fair the crowd's into it when, when Triple H oh, yeah. gets to the end exactly. of that promo the crowd's roaring and they love it they're not thinking about that in the arena but you know nope. as we're sitting here analyzing it it's a little uh, ridiculous um, mm-hmm. but you know when you ha- if you can get there if you can get to the match if it's a good match what does it all matter Right. Um, and, and when you're legends like this, it, it doesn't matter. And speaking of legends, August 27th, 2018, uh, Triple H and Undertaker going to take the night off, but we're going to instead hear from some legends. Uh, they kind of did this with that, with some of the other Undertaker matches that we've mm-hmm. done. 
So uh, we see a pair of videos. Uh, the first one's got guys like um, Ric Flair, Christian, Mick Foley, Jeff Jarrett, Kevin Nash, you know, a bunch of Hall of Famers and Christian. Um, and they, <laughs> I guess Christian's trying to get in the Hall of Fame because he picks Triple H uh, to yeah. win the match. Yeah, he's sucking he up a little bit. Uh, everybody else is a heel, up. man. <laughs> they all, everybody else picks Taker. Um, and all those guys had pay per view matches with The Undertaker. We've covered mm-hmm. all those guys on this show. Yeah, we um, sure have. Jeff Jarrett has a pay per view win over The Undertaker uh, back <laughs> in the day. It's uh, so crazy. And then there's another video as well. This one's got Stone Cold, Booker T, Big Show, and DDP. And uh, Again. Stone Cold picks Triple H. Everybody else picks Undertaker again. My money, smart money, is on Taker. Because the dead man wants to prove that it's still his yard down under. I gotta pick the Undertaker because he is truly the cornerstone of the WWE. My pick's gonna be the Undertaker. I know what it's like to stand in the ring and hear that bell toll and know that the Undertaker's coming for you. The Undertaker has always had Triple H's number. However, this time, I believe that the game has put together the right game plan to take down the Undertaker. I'm calling it right here, right now. Pedigree one. Two, three, Triple H with the win. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Triple H has Stone Cold and Christian on his side. Undertaker <laughs> has Ric Flair, Christian, Mick Foley, Jeff Jarrett, Kevin Nash, DDP, Booker T, and The Big Show. So, Or not Christian. I said Christian twice. But uh, Undertaker's got all those guys on his side. And uh, another legend is going to appear next week's show, and that's going to be HB Shizzle himself, Shawn Michaels. Uh, and uh, I never called him that. <laughs> uh, I will say, keep these legends promos in mind because they are actually going to play a part in the buildup, uh, which is nice that they pay attention to that. Yeah, it it's true, man. So yeah, the next week, September third. Um, getting another video and this time they just spliced both clips together uh, from last week and Cole says that you know Shawn Michaels is going to be here tonight and he knows Triple H and Taker better than anyone and he's up next so then of course his music hits and he comes out um, and the crowd just chanting for him you know he's soaking it up and you can see that he's got a haircut he doesn't have his long hair underneath there it looks kind of like it does today like it's cut short it's not what we're gonna see in a couple weeks here yeah it's just but it's really cut short which was mind-blowing that was shocking time. enough just that exactly he, he cut exactly. his ponytail off man exactly his ponytail was gone he didn't, oh. he didn't have the little dutch boy bob like he did in 2002 yes. like it was like so short like a normal like, dude's haircut it's the end of my childhood right yeah there, man. it's like well so you thought <laughs> So you thought, my friend. Right, yeah. It was disappointing, but not quite uh, the worst of the worst yet. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And um, it was different. So, uh, but yeah, remember that. He's got a little bit of hair under there. So, and then Michael Cole tells us that, you know, Sean faced Taker five times on pay-per-view and Triple H eight times on pay-per-view during the course of his career. So, Cole did his research here. You know, I appreciate that. And um, Investigative journalist. Yes, he is. And uh, we got Renee Young commentary, which is a huge deal. I think she's officially a commentator now on Raw. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not officially yeah, for a I couple think more she, weeks. I, I but think she is. Yeah. Um, 
Anyway, then he he opens up his promo like only shot. He goes, "Who's your daddy?" And he does like a Pete Townsend guitar windmill, and I'm like, "What? What is he doing?" <laughs> like I don't know. Well, he's just being Sean. So. He's showing off those guns too, because you he can is. tell he's been working out. Oh yeah, yeah he's been getting back into shizape. Oh yeah, he definitely has. Definitely. I mean, he always looked pretty good, even. But like, yeah, you can tell he's definitely been hitting the weight room, man, because he's mm. looking extra better. Yeah, mm. which again, I think the crowd is sniffing this one out. So, but uh, he soaks in the adoration. Of course, he shills his new shirt he's got, and he shills the WWE Network, and he shills Super Showdown like only he can. So, again, you know he was told backstage from Vince, make sure you hit this, 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 and he just got him <laughs> all the way at the beginning. <laughs> he's like, like a pro. <laughs> yeah, true pro. Exactly. But he says, you know, that's he's here tonight talk about super showdown and he hypes the last time ever match and it's going to be insane and he's going to go travel all the way to melbourne to see it you know and he says he guarantees it's going to be one that we'll never forget i'm going to fly all 98 hours or however long that trip is he says so <laughs> he says um he says you know, he comments on those predictions from the the hall of famers and christian that we just saw and he says he was surprised by how many people picked taker uh because you know the streaked isn't intact anymore he would have been he would have uh a bit surprised because of that he says you know it's not just his opinion because he's close with triple h it's his professional view that triple h is gonna beat taker because he's still the game still the cerebral assassin and he's got more left in the tank than the dead man does so then he has a corny dad joke line here and he said so at wwe super showdown the cerebral assassin is going to cerebrally assassinate the Undertaker. I mean, is, is that even a dad joke? It's just like... <laughs> I don't know. It's a Vince thing. It's a you can dumb tell. phrasing. <laughs> yeah. You know, Vince is like, make sure you say it. So, and it's just... is what it is. But, um, you know, and I like his, his you know, reasoning there. The streak isn't intact. You know, something you can always go back to. You know, the, the aura is gone, kind of. So, but then, of course, the gong hits and the crowd just blows up because again sean was advertised taker's not like so yeah this is a really huge surprise so uh his music hits he comes out and again great surprise appearance you can tell i mean the crowd is genuinely shocked and grateful for, for his appearance here and again it's been the first time since what january i think at the raw yeah. 25 thing so yeah um he, he gets in the ring soaks in the chairs and gets a mic and Looks around and dude, I just wrote again like the crowd is popping so loud for these two guys in the ring together because I think they think they 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 know what WWE knows what the fans think they know they want to think they know. Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes sense. I think I lost myself somewhere, but you know what I'm saying. They, uh, they I don't. Know the I don't. Gonna want these so, <laughs> but I you got just, you. Yeah, but I'll follow. I know. Oh, you know, you got it. They, you, you know it. what I, what I think I need to know <laughs> yeah, to, to know what I yeah. want. <laughs> well, he says, Taker says, I think it just became personal. He says, how long was it? Mm. 20 years? You and Triple H, best friends? You know, it, it says, but, you know, I took the best of you and I put you both down. And in the process, I reached in and took part of your soul and your egos can't accept that. He says, you know, you chose Triple H because I took the one thing from you that was most important. And that was your career. And Sean's like, is that what you think this is about? You know, he's, I'm going to make it clear. I'm a man of my word. Pay attention to this line again, ladies and gentlemen. I'm a man of my word. I am a man of my word. All right? Somebody had to restore faith 
in the system. Somebody had to stand and be committed to the words he spoke. Now I know everybody else in this line of work can say whatever they want and in six weeks, six months, six years, turn around on a dime and go back on their word. But guess who doesn't do that? Me. So I'm a man of my word, a man of honor, a man of integrity. And I've stayed I've stayed retired out of respect for the system, out of respect for them, who the fans, and most importantly, out of respect for you, dead man. So yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what uh Sean is <laughs> yeah. Remember that, ladies and gentlemen. Sean's a man of his word and not coming out of retirement because <laughs> he stands by what he says. So he's a Christian man. You know, he's sticking by his word. He's never, he would never <laughs> tell a lie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Of course, the crowd's going to immediately chant one more match. And I guess Sean knew he was going to say it. They were going to say that because he acknowledges them. He's like, you know, I hear that every time I step in the arena. You know, that's what I hear. And there's people backstage that have been knocking my door down, you know, to, 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 to wrestle me. I've turned down literally millions of dollars to stay retired out of respect for you. And uh, Taker's like, is this, are you sure it's about respect? Is it respect? Or is it fear? Because if you had ever chosen to come out of retirement, there would have only been one person that you come for. Me. And make no mistake about it. I would put you down all over again. You know it. I know it. They know it. And there's one other thing you know. In Melbourne, Australia, I'm going to put your buddy Triple H down again. Taker just slams the mic down and leaves as Sean just kind of looks on, kind of boo-boo-faced about what Taker just said, you know, calling him out and calling out his friend Triple H. So, uh, yeah, Triple, uh, Taker just kind of lays it out there and kind of planting the seeds for what may happen. We're not quite sure, but... We got an inkling of it. Well, folks, remember last week when we uh, talked about a match that had zero buildup and we said this one's going to make up for it here. Yeah. Just buckle up, folks. We're still a month away from the pay-per-view here. Yep. So we got some more promos to discuss on uh, the next week, September 10th, 2018. Triple H is going to come out. It's going to be his turn to talk. And uh, <laughs> we were saying this off air, but uh, it's just these promos, man, like – uh, the first five minutes of each guy's promo every week is recapping the promo from the previous right. week. Man, these yeah. these promos the next few weeks, they just they go on for so long. Um, and that's what Triple H does. He tells us everything that Sean and Undertaker talked about last week, gives us the full recap. Uh, previously on The Undertaker, Sean Michaels, Triple H rivalry. He might as well have done uh, and then exactly. <laughs> Triple H says, last time I was here, I talked about facing Undertaker one last time out of mutual respect for the last time that we faced, whatever. Um, 
And then he talks about the Legends promos from a few weeks ago. Then he shows this, I guess it was an internet poll or social media poll or something uh, that said 81% of the fans chose Undertaker to win at Super Showdown. And Triple H says, that's all well and good. That's all, I expect all of that. And those things don't mean anything to me. Uh, and then he transitions to say, and that's why it's so surprising to me that when Shawn Michaels came out last week and gave his prediction that it bothered The Undertaker so much. So Triple H, again, is trying to cerebrally assassinate The Undertaker here, playing some mind games with him. Oh, I get it now. Yeah, this is it, dude. Uh, says Taker was so bothered by Sean's prediction last week that um, that Taker had to make an appearance and and try to bait Sean Michaels out of retirement with these threats Triple H says Undertaker has just lost respect for himself and uh, to prove that he has to look no further than the fact that Undertaker is not here tonight to confront him face to face so he's calling Ooh, Undertaker yeah. cowardly because he only showed up to face Sean and not him. Uh, he says Undertaker has never been the same since those four matches. Uh, after that, the streak went away, the aura went away, the magic went away, and all that's left is just his reputation. That series of matches was his last epic moments of greatness, and he blames us. For the demise. But dead man, you said one thing last week that was true. Now it's personal. So in Melbourne, Australia, out of the last little bit of respect that I have left for you, dead man. I will put you down. So, I mean, not a bad promo from Triple H. Kind of trying to retcon some of this stuff and make it make sense. But, you know, there's enough truth in there (laughs) to make it work. Uh, And then as a little side note on this night, they uh, celebrate the 20th anniversary of The Undertaker and Mankind's Hell in a Cell match. uh, Because Hell in a Cell pay-per-view is coming up. It's Sunday, yeah. The 20th anniversary of this match would have been three months ago because it took place in June at King of the Ring. (laughs) But uh, whatever, Uh, a little belated. It's a Vince McMahon anniversary, so it can happen whenever it wants to, whenever it fits his timeline. Uh, (laughs) So Mick Foley does make an appearance, and uh, he interrupts Elias, who disrespects that match with Mick Foley, and then Mick Foley magically gets to make a match between Elias and Finn Balor. So uh, that's just a mild like, uh, Undertaker connection there. It's like residual um, general manager duties he has in his contract, like yeah. Austin did back in 98 or 99. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that must be something like that. You know, if so. if you're a football coach like uh, Jeremy Pruitt for Tennessee, you know, <laughs> he can come in a couple years from now yeah. and, and call a play if he call wants a, to, you know, yeah. even though he was fired three years ago. <laughs> yeah. He'll probably call him McDouble. So. <laughs> <laughs> Is that even a dad joke? I mean, he's going to call him McDouble. <laughs> Did you see why he got fired? <laughs> McDonald's, dude. It's amazing. 
So, no. Uh, anyway, all right. Raw. <laughs> College football's over, especially for him. Anyway, Raw, September 17th. This mm-hmm. is the night after Hell in the Cell. So, again, that pay per view is in the rearview mirror. So, now we're building toward Evolution Super Showdown and Crown Jewel. <sighs> Whew. Yeah. So, top of the second hour, Taker's gong hits, makes his way. He's going to come continue this war of the words here with Triple H. And he says, uh, you know, he stands in the ring of the purple lights and a lot of Undertaker chants. And he says that no man can spin a web of lies like a man that has a broken soul. And he's never seen anyone with a more broken soul than Triple H. So, again, just retconning lots of stuff <laughs> that he's going through. So, but since last week, you know, Triple H said Taker lost all of his self-respect. He said, you know, delusion will be your downfall. There was a time when Triple H was wicked, savage, and a warrior, but now he tends to play a more corporate game. So he's, you know, going little mind mind games here with oh, yeah. Triple H, too. You know? He says, you know, now, now your battlefield is the boardroom. And uh, Triple H can't see the fear in his own friend's eyes, and, and he can't see his own demise. And he says that he puts no stock in what any man says. You know, So saying that he's not intimidated by what Sean had to say the other week. And he knows that when he faces Triple H again, the result is going to be just like the first time. I will put you six feet under. Game over. So you know that was a Vince line right there. <laughs> Got to get in the catchphrases. Love it, man. But um, he says that Triple H will do all he can and even going to enlist his best friend Sean. Taker says that Triple H can have his delusion, have his best friend, because right here is where the devil is in the details. He says, you know, Sean isn't going to fly all the way to Melbourne to sit there and watch them fight. You know, I know he's going to be standing in Triple H's corner, and I'm okay with that. The standing in my corner will be, be the mayor of Knoxville, my brother Kane. He said he doesn't, he doesn't say that. But yes, his little brother Kane, the mayor of Knox County, speaking of Jeremy Pruitt and the Tennessee Volunteers. Um, <laughs> And, of course, the crowd pops for this. They're excited because that's the Brothers of Destruction and DX, you know. I wish Kane would have changed his gear to orange and white. Orange and white. (laughs) Came out to Rocky Top. Checkers. Yeah. (laughs) The white and orange checkers on it would be great, dude. Oh, come on. (laughs) He's still got time. He's not done yet. Nah, nah. He's not done. Um, So, yeah, Tager says, you know. Now everyone knows that I took Shawn Michaels' career. And I'm going to do the same to Triple H's career. But it seems that he deserves far worse. So not only am I going to take his career, I'm going to take his soul and I'm going to put him down. At WWE Super Showdown with my brother of destruction watching my back Triple H will rest in peace oh my goodness October 6th cannot come soon enough Michael Cole is the most excited of anyone on the planet at this point. He is <laughs> cannot wait. Corey Graves is marking out like I mean, he's our age, so or a little bit older than us, maybe. But he is like Renee is freaking out, and they can't believe it's the Brothers of Destruction DX. And again, this is planting the seeds for Super or Crown Jewel as well. So we'll see that later. But Taker leaves after a fist raise, and again, we're just building, hyping this match some more, and uh, it's really selling. I mean, you know, we've mentioned in the last couple of weeks how. 
Vince is a promoter, and they're doing everything they can to promote this marquee matchup for sure. Dude, the stakes are raised here for sure. Yeah. Uh, with Bros to Destruction and DX now fully involved in this match and this rivalry. And yeah, you know, they're, they're trying to sell out this massive arena in mm-hmm. a new country. They're trying to give these people um, something special. You know, they've been to Australia uh, a handful of times, but, you know, it's rare when they go over there. So you know, to do they, they're going to do something big for it. Um, mm-hmm. So I dig that, man. I'm here for it. A um, couple weeks left to build up here. Uh, not much, though, on September 24th, 2018, because uh, Triple H and Stephanie are going to do this big Connor's Cure presentation uh Early on in the night, of course, out of character, you know, no kayfabe, anything like that, which is great. You know, it, it's it's uh, it's an awesome thing that they do. Uh, but it is always kind of weird to see Triple yeah. H if he's in the middle of this big rivalry. You know, <laughs> yeah. go be a big baby face in the middle of it. But again, it's a wonderful thing that they do. That's oh, it's awesome. Yeah. You know, no complaints. Um, but later in the night. Uh, they do play into this rivalry a bit because Triple H and Stephanie are trying to leave, you know, in the middle of the television program that they're in charge of. They're just saying, oh, sure. ah, you, you guys can cover it here. So we're going back to the hotel, uh, going back to Stanford. Um, uh, Charlie Caruso catches up with them and says, I've got to ask you about Undertaker's comments last week. And Stephanie's like, nah, it's not what we're here for tonight. Uh, Triple H says, it's, it's okay. Um, if the Undertaker is worried about a suit, then he's already lost. He's not going to fight in a suit or a boardroom. And if Taker is worried about taking his soul, well, he already lost that a long time ago. <laughs> so <laughs> when it comes to the Undertaker, the end is near. Or uh, the end is near. Exactly. <laughs> Triple H shuts the door and drives off again in the middle of the show that he's the executive producer (laughs) of. So, (laughs) Uh, but uh, later on in the in the night, uh, we do get a great, great video hyping up this match. Uh, I think it's the same one they played during the pay per view, or basically the same one during the pay per view. But lots of old footage of them during the time. Uh, I mean, throughout their whole careers, which is cool to see, yeah. see them evolve. Um, and a cool thing that the network did during this time is they put up a lot of rare Undertaker Triple H matches on there. Like they put up their match on Shotgun Saturday night and, and they yeah. highlighted some, some other uh, rare matches of theirs and put their whole rivalry into context on the screen. So that was a neat thing on there. I think most of that stuff. Uh, I think it's all still up on the network, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's good stuff. Well, we're headed into the final week here. This is Raw, October 1st, so um, that wasn't much for you to talk about. Let me take a little detour and I'll let you finish up this Raw, because that wasn't too much for you to talk about. That's fine. This is the go-home show, and I just can't – I got to just take a detour. I want you guys to go watch this, because do yourselves a favor. Check out this Elias Kevin Owens segment. Do, Do you remember this? from the time or seeing like the trending online yeah, yeah. it's phenomenal man they're in seattle hyping the tag match against cena and lashley which is again comes out of nowhere um <laughs> yes, but it does. elias and cena talk about or as elias says the cena and lashley team and doesn't even make sense it's like having a basketball team in seattle and just the crowd i mean it is like vicky guerrero heat like it is some of the loudest thing you've heard and it is sustained like the, the rest <laughs> of the eight minutes and 
Renee Dupree. Renee. Uh, <laughs> no, thank you. Renee Goulet. No, Renee Young. She has the line of the night. She goes, there's no respect for Detlef Shrimp, which was my favorite player on NBA Jam. So <laughs> love that. But um, Elias says, you know, Oklahoma City having a team makes more sense. And the boos just get louder. And Kevin Owens is trying to scream his lines to get there. Because I, I read an interview, and Elias said they were allotted four minutes for this. And it took like nine or something just to get through. So um, they keep trying to go, but Seattle won't let him have it. And it is just totally amazing, absolutely incredible. I mean, I hadn't seen anything like this in a long time. I mean, the camera just pans to the crowd. Dudes on the nosebleed section are standing and just booing <laughs> passionately, just taking over this whole entire problem. Like, they did not see this coming. And it was so epic, man. It's so good. We talked uh, a couple weeks ago about the uh, the uh, Roman Reigns promo. Yes. Where the crowd was just yes. in the palm of his hands. Uh, but that was more planned. Like, they right, expected exactly. that. Uh, they uh, This was a similar reaction, but it was even more uh, unexpected and natural than that one was. Yeah, it was totally. And it is just, oh, man, it's so fun. It's so fun to watch. So, um well, anyway, all right, enough about that. Let's get to the, the meat and potatoes here. Yeah, I'll, I'll finish this up here as we head into the this, this show. So Sean comes out for the uh, main event segment here. He's got a black sweatband under his hat now, though. Mm. Looks like his neck hair is a little bit more shaved closely. Mm. You don't see that trim that you saw last week. Again, mm. the long hair is gone. There's no ponytail. His short hair is gone, and it's like, hmm, what's mm. going on here? He has mm. like a weird like wave cap sock cap thing underneath his cowboy hat so anyway but he uh he talks about how you know recapping everything that's going on and says you know despite being notoriously cheap you know when he heard about it he had to buy a (laughs) ticket and uh you know gonna go there in person but you know a few weeks ago or he's gonna be an innocent bystander but a few weeks ago he got personal you know taker made it personal dragged him into it uh sean says you know he's got nothing but respect for taker but any day of the week, he'll pick Triple H uh, over anybody on God's green earth. So for some reason, this upset Taker. But guess what? You made this personal, and now it is. You've got your brother Kane in your corner. Well, I got news for you. Triple H has got his brother in his corner. And Kane, understand this. You or anybody else tries to crowd that ring, and as God is my witness, I will brush you back courtesy of some sweet chin music. That, of course, is going to bring out Kane. So his music hits, and he stands, uh, Sean kind of stands his ground, and Kane gets. Uh, is actually behind him in the ring. So Sean turns around and Kane uppercuts him, and then the gong hits and the lights go out. And the lights come back up, and now Taker is in the ring, standing next to Kane, shoulder to shoulder. So, and at this point, Seattle is on their feet. I going was just nuts. about to say that. I mean, yeah. they Crowd are loves going this. Crazy. As much yes. as they booed Elias and Kevin Owens earlier, they are cheering this. Like, this is, yeah. they are so excited. This is a great crowd for this night. And I think oh, that yeah. Elias. Kevin Owens segment just amped them up even more. They are digging this and biting on everything that they're that they're seeing here. It's great. So really cool to see. Uh, again, he uh, they're standing next to each other. 
and uh, Taker stands over Sean as he tries to get up, and Sean looks up at Taker, and Taker does a throat slash and picks him up for a tombstone. And at this point, Shawn Michaels' hat falls off, oh. and you see that he is as bald as Stone Cold Steve Austin. And this was a <laughs> tremendous thing that happened. Uh, this was your boy, man, your childhood hero. I mean, yeah, this is this is out of control, dude. Dude, uh, so. This is uh, as mind breaking as the streak ending. No, uh, almost. <laughs> Basically, though, I, I had you, you thought he was gonna do in the front row. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> as when I saw Sean's bald head. You the thought? Same I mean, eyes. he committed to that ponytail and that and yes. that, that little tuft of hair on the front <laughs> of his head for so long. <laughs> Why would you just not stick with it, man? But here it is. It's all uh, gone. Um, I, as a child of the '90s. Uh, also, one of my favorite bands is Counting Crows. Yes. Uh, and a couple years ago, he shaved off his head and cut off his dreadlocks as well. Mm-hmm. And that was, I don't know which one like broke my heart more, seeing Shawn Michaels go bald or seeing Adam Duritz from Counting Crows yeah. uh, shave his head. Dude, they were both painful, painful moments to see. You know, uh, Time marches on, dude. Time is undefeated. And uh, hairlines are undefeated too, I guess. So <laughs> my brother swears that Adam Durst's hair was a wig the whole time. I <laughs> my brother thinks that. <laughs> I don't. I don't think but. it was fully natural. I don't yeah. know. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it was weird to see him bald. You seen uh, that picture dude. a few months ago? Horrifying. Horrifying. Yeah, but this was horrifying. I mean, in fact, you can see the guys in the front row here. Like, walk, yes. go back and watch this scene. The guys in the front row, their jaws aren't dropping because of this interaction. They're dropping because Sean's hat falls off. They're like. <gasps> Like, they cannot believe that Sean's hair is gone. Well, the thing is, like, if he had just come out with a bald head, it would have been, it still would have been shocking. But it was like, it was almost like we weren't supposed to see it. Like, I don't, part of me thinks he wanted to have the do-rag on the whole time. Like, because it's. I think uh, that was the goal. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think he did it and regretted it because, like, it's almost like he, yeah, he did not was not ready for us to see it yet. So yeah, yeah, but that is a. Um, it's funny that the biggest part of this whole storyline is Sean's bald head. Oh, man, and it wouldn't. <laughs> I think if he had just kept it short, like you know, just kind like of. He has now. It's fine. Like he has now, it would not have been that bad. Yeah, but like somehow seeing Shawn Michaels bald is just it doesn't fit dude Triple no. H was one thing Undertaker is one thing but Shawn Michaels bald is just oh it just I don't like, like it because like Triple H went with like the ponytail to the, the like the buzz head like yeah. that was you know he went to like the right. you know the diehard haircut you know? yeah. and then he went to a straight bald like yeah Shawn just no. went Shawn went yeah. yes <laughs> just straight razor on oh crazy. cue ball dude well, the cue ball brings out Triple H. His music cues up, and he comes out, rips his suit off on the stage, hits the ring, starts going at it with Taker and Kane, and trading punches. Sean gets in the mix. They're all, all going at it. Double goozle from the Bros of Destruction. Taker choke slams Triple H as Kane choke slams Sean, and Seattle gives these guys a standing ovation as they overlook their opponents and. They go to leave the ring and notice the DX is getting up. So Taker gets like, ugh, he gets back in the ring, hits a tombstone on Triple H, and Kane uh, stands over Triple H's body, and they both leave as Sean is crawling over to Triple H to check on his buddy, and Brothers of Destruction walk up the ramp and do the double fist raise as we close out the show here to head us to uh, Down Under. So uh, really cool moment, cool, cool – 
cool experience for the fans there that night, man. Over just the whole show, like with the whole Elias thing and then with this too. Really, really neat to have been there. Great crowd. Oh, yeah. All right, let's do it, my man. Let's head to Melbourne, Australia for Super Showdown 2018, October 6th. The Melbourne Cricket Ground. And uh, this was the first pay-per-view in Australia. Um, I think it was ever. Like, they did a big... uh, yeah. Well, they did a, did a a big super show they put on DVD, but it wasn't. Yeah, I don't think available everywhere. Yeah, this was the first like worldwide paper. They did like the Australia exclusive one, whatever it was called. Uh, global uh, global, global warning. warming, warming, warning. Yeah, global warning. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so yeah, big big deal, man. They yeah, went out of their way to make this a big spectacle, and I think uh, it aired here in the states like super early in the morning yeah right um like on a saturday morning i believe Mm -hmm. here uh did you watch it as it as it went on live um i did i did not watch it live but i did watch it later on like dirt throughout the day i got to catch it and definitely finished it that night so i avoided the spoilers because again i wanted to see what was going on so and uh because i think i was still working at this time yeah i was i was at the other job but um anyway so yeah it would have been something I would have checked out in the board of sports all day because I wanted to see how it went. Because I was excited because I mean, the Saudi Arabia show was what it was. This was a little bit more, uh, I mean, it was still kind of like house show ish because you got weird tag matches and stuff. But it was a big deal there being in Australia for the first time in such a long time. So, yeah, for sure. This was cool. I, I did watch it that morning about, before I went into work. That day, uh, I think I was able to, to, to finish it up before I went in. So that was cool because uh, it started at 5 a.m. Eastern time, yeah. which is great. I love that, man. Just I love having random wrestling on. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, um, you know, with East these... from the East, one of my favorite shows. I've exactly, done man. Network. You just yeah. get to you know, wake up early, put coffee on, watch some, watch some mm-hmm. wrestling. So, uh, it's like Saturday, like Saturday mornings when I was a kid. Exactly. Yeah. This is the main event of the night, which is cool, and it gets all, all the focus of the opening video to the pay-per-view, yeah. clips throughout their 20 years of rivalries, and this is, uh, you mentioned Renee Young being on commentary here. You got We got her, Michael Cole, Corey Graves, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think this is the first time we've ever had a woman on commentary for an Undertaker pay-per-view match uh, in his career that I that I can remember. So that's a neat milestone that we've reached here. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, first time. Probably last time, too. But mm-hmm. Could be. I don't know. Well, maybe not. Maybe some of the Saudi Arabia show. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll find out when we got a few left. So. i tell you what. There is an hour left in this show when yes. we start with the video package for this match. Yes. Which is a, uh, uh-oh. Like, oh, I don't, yeah. I don't know if this match needs an hour of time. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. I know. It's crazy. But, uh, yeah, good video package. Like you said, same thing from Monday, but added in the the scene where, where Monday ended with the brothers' destruction and the Baldies in it. So, anyway, but, um, of course... <laughs> Shawn Michaels comes out first, uh, and like I said, we got an hour left, and um, he skips down to the ring in his jeans and is cut off. AJ Styles looking, or excuse me, he's not AJ Styles. That's Triple H. Cut off his cut off sleeve shirt, and he's slapping all the hands on the way down and posing in the ring. Like you said, he looks like he's uh, gearing up for to get in the ring to wrestle a little bit. Oh yeah, looking in great shape. He's warming up. Yeah. 
Uh, Triple H comes out next, and as you mentioned, he's kind of got a AJ Styles stylish vest uh, with the hood, vest with the hood on. Mm-hmm. Over, a, he's worn that a bunch in recent years. Uh, he's also got a mask on, so yes. you know he's he's ahead of the curve right there. <laughs> yeah. uh, Michael Cole mm-hmm. notes that Triple H has not beaten the Undertaker in a one-on-one match in sixteen years, so that would be two thousand two at this point. Would that uh, have been for the? Uh, title no mm. no it would have been sometime no because he lost uh triple h lost to hogan and hogan lost to, t- to hogan taker, lost right. taker yeah. and taker lost to rock so at some so, point in there triple h beat somewhere him. in the middle yeah yeah i think it might have been a uk pay-per-view been, yeah or something like that one of the last ones yeah. anyway uh hunter and sean you know dx reunited they share a hug in the ring Kane is going to be out next, and he stands at the top of the ring steps as he makes his entrance and then looks to the back. Yeah, and Cole reminds us, you know, Kane made his debut when Sean and Taker were wrestling back in 97. Mm. So then, like you said, Kane looks over at the back, and the gong hits, and this Australian crowd just absolutely erupts, man. they just so excited to see him. Again, He just got such an aura and a presence, and he's such an icon, you know, and um, they can see Triple H anytime because he's still kind of active wrestler and Taker's, you know, it's a special thing when he shows up, you know, so huge flames shooting up everywhere and we got the full moon there and Taker kind of walks through the smoke and he finally appears and we get that huge second pop we talk about so much, so and then a lot of smartphones filming. Again, I wasn't as shocked by Australian fans as I was the Saudi Arabian fans filming the smartphones. But, you know, it, this is a great point that you made on last week's show. That's sort of the modern equivalent mm-hmm. to, to having a sign and trying to get noticed on TV is having your smartphone out, recording it, posting a video of it to get noticed online. So yep. uh, we see that in the crowd here as he uh, makes his epic entrance. And uh, you can tell Taker found the tanning booths in Australia because he is mm-hmm. looking good uh, as he comes out. Uh, he... Takes off all his accoutrements, and uh, JoJo gives us the ring announcements and reminds us that this is the last time ever these men will fight. And as of now, this contest is scheduled for one fall. And as of now, this match will be no disqualification. Which, unlike other times, when we just randomly learn about that, before the ring announcements, this time it's part of the storyline. Yeah, it is. It's really cool because Taker kind of looks amused, like, "Oh, okay." I, I, he kind of looks at JoJo, like, "Seriously?" And then he looks over at Triple H, and Triple H is smirking and nodding about it. And commentary, you know, say that that's one of the perks of you know being the COO. You can kind of make make your own stuff happen. So I do appreciate that. Yeah, you know, it, was, I did it too. was really cool. Yeah, it was really neat to see. And one other thing I appreciated is Michael Cole's comment that these two first met in the Kuwaiti Cup back in 96. So wow. first time they interacted. So that's pretty cool, you know, and they've had all kind of matches over the years. And, of course, this is the last one ever with no DQ. So um, I like the special introductions, like 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 it's a championship match. You know, mm-hmm. it's not, but it is the main event, and it really makes it feel like a UFC fighter, a big spectacle. So, um, But they're both getting cheered, but Taker's definitely getting more of a reaction because he's just he – just, you know, he stands test of time, man, when it comes to you know, his character and stuff. So, Well, he's not intimidated by him, despite this being no DQ. 
he, uh, Undertaker, that is, walks up to Taker. Excuse me. Undertaker walks up to Triple H. They meet in the middle, and Taker gives him a throat slash, and uh, they're ready to go at it here. Um, they back up. Michael Kyoto rings the bell as the referee, and Taker comes running at Triple H, uh, trying to deliver some hands, but Triple H ducks out of the ring. Um, Triple H starts taunting Taker, and the crowd the crowd's here for it, man. They're already chanting, this mm-hmm. is awesome, just uh, seeing these two guys uh, just start this thing off. And then Triple H is going to be a little jerk like he can be, and he kind of puts his arms behind his back and sticks his chin out like, come on, it's daring Taker to t- punch him. So Triple H, uh, excuse me, he punches Taker in the corner, but then Taker reverses it and goes for a punch, and Triple H ducks, does a little more showboating, and then Tri- uh, HPK jumps up and gives him a high five. So <laughs> it's just kind of funny, like... Again, they're uh, kind of they're kind of the de facto heels here. They're not really no one's really heel, but you know when you're in the ring with Undertaker, you kind of are. So yeah, Triple uh, H is always a little more heelish. Sure, sure, yeah. He's got that big heel nose, you know. That's what yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> so they kind of dosey do in the ring, going back and forth till Taker gets a kick to Triple H, and then starts working on the arm and goes up for old school but triple h punches him and then he's going to wrench the arm and shoulder block taker and works the arm a little bit more and we're going to see what he's got in his bag of tricks here he's going to try to go for his own old school uh walk the it, so triple h old school you know you'd think he'd put on like the riding pants and right. do a curtsy or something <laughs> but uh put the little bow in his hair yeah yeah no he's going to try to walk the ropes but undertaker says uh uh-uh, uh brings him down Starts throwing hands with Triple H in the corner. Uh, he wrenches the arm and he shows him how it's done. It goes up and connects old school again. Uh, actually connects with it this time to a big mm-hmm. reaction from the crowd. Oh, yeah. And uh, then Undertaker's going to hit some body shots to Triple H in the corner. And Michael Cole gives us the fantastic stat here. Yeah, he's been doing his, his homework. Lately, he has, man. Man. He's had he some has. great research here. Tells us... At this point in history, The Undertaker has 101 wins in pay-per-view history, which, uh, you know, I feel like we should fact-check him, but I'm just going to go with it. I (laughs) I haven't been keeping records of that, so uh, I'll take his word for it, which is incredible. Well, yeah, I mean, not only that, he says it's more pay-per-view wins than anybody in history in WWE. Like, it's it's 101, which is crazy, so... I mean, yeah, who else is going to have that? But um, I guess we've covered 101 wins over these three-plus years, yeah, so man. who knows? But like I said, I'm not going to fact-check him, but it's probably – it's definitely at least 100 wins, you know? We haven't had many losses in this 180-episode yeah. endeavor, you know? I mean, one was to Jeff Jarrett, but, you know, <laughs> a couple of gold does here and there, but hardly any to Triple H or Sean. So, right. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. Taker hits the snake eyes and just continuing his, his old school ways and goes for a big boot, but Triple H is going to reverse it and hit a high knee there. And Sean gets up on the apron and kind of distracts Taker for a second, and Triple H is able to capitalize and close on him over the top rope. But, of course, Taker's going to land the perfect 10 landing. And he's going to immediately turn to Sean and goozle him, <laughs> but Triple H grabs Undertaker's hair, and we see another... Kind of old school maneuver from Triple mm-hmm. from from Undertaker as he hits the apron stunner on Triple H, but the distractions are overwhelming to Undertaker here as Sean knocks Taker into the apron, and I don't know what Kane's doing or adjusting his mask or something. He's too late <laughs> to make the save. He's just hanging out over there. Yeah. Finally, runs in after Sean and Triple H have taken the advantage here. Yeah, well then 
Graves makes a great point. He says, you know, none of these distractions matter because it's no DQ match. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, excellent. So which we'll see that in a second, too, because Taker's going to throw – is going to get thrown into the barricade and the steps, and then Sean's setting up a table on the outside. Kane comes over, and they kind of, like, circle around it. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know what – they're out of place or what. But then for some reason, Mike Yoda's coming over and, like, making Kane back up and get away. And I'm like, dude, it's no DQ. Like, what's – What's happening? They can do whatever. They can get in the ring and beat them up, and it doesn't yes. matter. Like, I don't understand why this matters. This table all of a sudden. So no, like if this was really no DQ, right. Sean and Kane would have jumped in the ring exactly. as soon as the match started and yes. gotten involved with it. Yes, I was so frustrated. Like he's he's right. cool with them setting the table up, but Kane, you got to back off, man. Like, yeah. Come on. Uh, thankfully, that doesn't happen too much in here. Right. I, don't, I don't know where they got their wires crossed here, but it was. Uh, a little annoying, but um, Triple H is going to go for a pedigree on the outside, but Taker gives him the back body drop, which is always painful to see Triple H taking a back body drop on the cement. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get back in the ring. Uh, Hunter's going to hit a swinging neck breaker and get a two count there. He gets some punches on the dead man while he's on the ground, but Undertaker, he responds back with some of those quick strikes to the gut, boxing style punches, and uh, but Hunter responds with that big patented knee to the face, and he's going to get a near fall on Taker from that. Yeah, and then Graves says, you know, I wasn't expecting Triple H to dominate so much in this match. I was expecting more of a one-sided affair with Taker. So, And then Triple H is going to do something that he doesn't normally do. He comes off a top rope, but Taker catches him and throws him out to the outside, and he smashes into the barricade, and Sean goes over to check on him, and uh, he Irish whips uh, into the barricade, and then Taker is going to go prepare the announce table for deletion, basically. And uh, HBK is kind of prowling around like a, you know, I don't know, man, like just a cat on the outside. And uh, he's about to hit, uh, Taker's about to hit Sean with a monitor, but then Triple H comes up and attacks Taker from behind and runs at him. And Taker back body drops him over the barricade into the crowd, and he lands on a plastic lawn chair that they have in, there, <laughs> in the crowd there, which looks like it probably hurt. I don't know. Dude. Taking a bump onto a lawn chair would probably hurt. Triple H is taking some big-time bumps in this yeah. match, man. He's bumping on the cement. Uh, yes. We've seen it like three times already, like f- straight back bumps, big yeah. back bumps on the cement. I'm th- Dang, like respect to Triple H, man. Oh, no doubt. Um, they, so they start fighting into the, uh, uh, into the barricade, into the crowd a little bit. Um, Taker's going to pull the straps down and they, uh, he chases Triple H through the crowd. It kind of reminds me of WrestleMania 17 a little bit because they had a, this camera stand. So I'm wondering if we're going to see a big bump, but, um, no, not quite. Uh, instead Undertaker's going to choke Triple H with a camera cord for a second. And, uh, yeah. I think Triple H kind of like whispers to him, like, mm-hmm. I can't do that anymore, brother. <laughs> Cause, uh, yeah. he like, they stopped doing that pretty quickly. Cause, uh, you oh, know, it's that's like why Daniel seconds. Bryan got fired a few years ago. Yeah. I, I tried to listen to what he said. I rewound it a lot of times and tried to see if I could, it was inaudible though. But, um, or I couldn't make it out, but uh, yeah, he definitely says like, Get, "Nope, <laughs> gotta go." Like, because yeah, Taker puts on him for like literally two seconds, and and Triple H is out of it. So, but yeah, he knows what's up, and um, Triple H is going to go for a pedigree over there, but then Taker tries to back body drop him, but then it's mm. it's really ugly here. I don't know what, yeah. maybe too many of these back bumps or something. I don't know. Triple H kind of falls to the side and lands on 
uh, ish, a security guardrail kind of, um, <laughs> and then take your punches in and make their way to the crowd again. And it's funny cause you can see them like walking through the crowd and he actually tells the security guy, Hey, this way, which is, I, I rewound it, listen to him because the, the security guard was going the wrong way. <laughs> so Taker's like, Hey, this way. So they make it, uh, back to ringside. So we got a little bit of, you know, old school brawl. You don't see that much in this day and age uh, era of matches, but they, you know, they come from the attitude era where that was pretty commonplace. Yeah. So I appreciate the nod to the old stuff there. I did appreciate it. It did feel like they just kind of like walk through the crowd. Did they're it, like, yeah. They're not oh, yeah. like wildly punching and going no. crazy. They just kind of like, all right, let's kill five minutes and walk through mm-hmm. the crowd. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was something different. You know, they're, they're trying to use this no holds barred stipulation a little bit uh, in theory. So they finally get back toward the ringside area. Uh, Undertaker's going to toss Triple H into the ring. Uh, he's going to give Shawn Michaels an uppercut for good measure and then grab a chair and head into the ring. But Triple H is going to give him a leg drop to stop that. Uh, he grabs the chair, but Taker's going to boot Triple H down. And he kind of starts getting, he starts acting a little cocky, a little heelish because he points to his head in front of Shawn mm-hmm. Michaels like, all right son i I, i'm the veteran of you uh boys uh and he gives hunter a chair shot to the gut oh yeah and then triple h falls out of the ring with that shot there and then triple h comes or excuse me taker comes out and hits him in the back with a chair and then hits him in the gut again and uh leads triple h over to that table that was set up and puts triple h on it the one that kyoto kept backing kane away from and then he looks up and goes up to the apron and uh Shawn Michael climbs up to the apron with him and Taker just big boots him off the apron and then Taker actually winds up getting in the ring as Triple H and Shawn are next to each other on the outside Taker kind of looks at them looks at the ropes and bounces off of it to go for that move we hadn't seen in ages and gonna go for the flying cow and jump over the top rope and we're like oh no 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 don't do it don't do it no he's there's no way he's not gonna do it uh it's a nice tease there triple h actually he's gonna slide in though and smash a chair in undertaker's ribs to stop him you know they don't hit each other with chairs in the head anymore but hey these chair shots to the back Mm -hmm. and to the to the gut they're they're just as brutal dude they they do not hold back on them these guys especially um Kane is going to trip up Triple H and try to save his brother. Uh, he gives a goozle to Triple H, a goozle to HBK, but they kick him. And Shawn Michaels gives Kane a sweet chin music, and Kane lands perfectly on the table. And we get a Triple H elbow drop off the apron onto Kane through the <laughs> announce table. Jack. Hadn't seen that one in a while. No. <laughs> Maybe ever from Triple H. But uh, there you yeah. go, man. It's just, it was so like, what? That just, it was weird to see. But, um, you know, I appreciate the spot, you know. Um, then he's, Triple H grabs a chair and climbs up to the top rope with it. So he's just feeling froggy here tonight. He's just going to jump right. around everywhere. But uh, Taker gets up to his feet, and as he comes off, he gets goozled by Taker, and Taker just hits a big choke slam there in the middle of the ring. He's kind of selling the exhaustion, and then he picks Triple H up and hits a tombstone on him. He gets a two count. And, uh, Taker kind of can't believe it. He has the same face that he had at WrestleMania 25 with Sean when he kicked yeah, out. And, right. Um, kind of a callback to that. You know, they're, it's all interconnected here, so kind of a nice callback to that. And uh, I like what he does here next, how he reacts to that, though. Well, we know Taker, he, he likes to have referee intimidation. But sometimes he has referee frustration here, and he yeah. knocks out Mike Kyoto for that two count. <laughs> 
Uh, he kicks so Mike DQ. Chioda out of the ring. He gives, grabs the chair and he threatens HBK with it. And then he looks over to Sean and asks him if he's watching. And then he grabs that chair and gives Hunter another nasty shot to the mm. back. Um, and again, I like Taker. You know, we said Triple H was kind of the heel. Now Undertaker's mm. you know, playing, playing the heel a little bit here. Uh, he's frustrated with things. He takes his time and then gives Hunter another shot to the back. And this one actually snaps the chair and breaks yeah. the leg off of it. And Sean talked about what a great actor he is. Uh, around the wrestling ring and, and he's just looking on in horror he's afraid oh, yeah. to jump in there and you just you see the pain on his face yeah he he really adds to the the drama here of the match it's really really he again he may have not wrestled for eight years but he's still got the facials and everything as we saw in their you know the the match at wrestlemania 28 and everything so he's doing great and uh he uh actually taker puts the, the chair on triple h's head to go pilmanize him and HBK gets on the aprons like, please don't. He's begging him not to. And as Taker approaches him, Sean recoils and Taker turns around and Sean slides in the ring. Taker turns around and punches him and he falls out. And then Taker turns back around and Triple H is since recovered. Hits him with a huge spine buster. So I like that whole exchange there of them going back and forth. And both men are down here. And now a second referee slides into the ring. So, And that's going to give time for both these guys to recover and struggle up to their feet. Uh, Taker's going to go for the choke slam, but Triple H gets a pedigree instead, and Undertaker kicks out at two of that. And then Triple H is going to reverse things and put the chair on Taker's neck, and he actually does. He hops off the second rope onto that chair to uh, pulmonize Undertaker's neck. And that you think that might be it. Triple H goes for the cover, but Kane... Pulls the referee out of the ring this time. No, no, no. He's not going to let that happen to his brother. Uh, so both these guys are crawling up, trying to reach their feet. Triple H backs into one corner. Undertaker backs into another to reset things. And Shawn Michaels is going to pull out yet another weapon and throw it into the ring here. Yeah, Shawn's got the sledgehammer. So um, Taker is actually given a chair by Kane. So, which again, I'm glad Kane recovered because I was wondering where he was for a minute there. Mm-hmm. Like, he took that elbow drop and he's gotten a little, uh, a little soft in his days as mayor. So, yeah. but he, uh, he was there to make it say, but yeah, he's helping his brother here. Like you said, Sean's got the sledgehammer, the great equalizer here. And Kane's got a, a chair for taker and both men are sitting in their, you know, corners with their weapons and they, they get up and triple H just smashes the sledgehammer into the chair in front of taker's face. And, Triple H covers him, but there's no ref, and because uh, again, the second referee's been pulled out. So, and Mike pulls... Yoda's been unconscious for ten minutes now. Like, he, yeah, he, oh, might, he might as well. He might have brain damage. He might. <laughs> he might as well gotten hit by a sledgehammer Jeez. in the face. So, yeah, he is out. That that punch from Taker really put him out. So. Dude, soup bones, yeah. man. Oh yeah. Well, um, Triple H pulls Taker up, but Taker's gonna lock him in the Hell's Gate. They're gonna call back to their you know WrestleMania 27, 28 matches. So. And Triple H has the sledgehammer in his hand still, which, again, is a callback to that. And he actually winds up getting up to his feet and drives the handle of the sledgehammer onto Taker's throat, which was a really – we didn't see that in their matches previously. So I really like that. Again, a callback, but then you take it and you add something new to it. So he is just driving the, the handle of that into Taker's throat and choking him. So they're both being choked here, which is pretty cool. And they're going to keep playing into that here because um, 
both Taker breaks the hold, both guys collapse again, and then Undertaker's going to start crawling towards that sledgehammer, but Sean mm-hmm. stops him from getting it. Which, yeah. if you'll remember at WrestleMania 20, uh, 28, um, Triple H is crawling towards the sledgehammer, and Undertaker stop, steps on it and stops him from getting it here. So the roles are reversed somewhat. Uh, Kane is going to get in the ring, but Sean kicks him down in Death Valley. Uh, Undertaker does get up. He ends up tossing Sean out of the ring. Undertaker finally gets the sledgehammer, but he's going to toss it aside. He's going to do things man-to-man with Triple H. Uh, Triple H goes for a pedigree, but Undertaker gives him a back body drop. Undertaker nails the choke slam on Triple H here. So he's going to try to keep that momentum rolling and go for the tombstone to try to finish things off. Yeah, he gets Triple H up in a tombstone position, but then Sean comes in out of nowhere, hits the sweet chin music right on Taker. And then Sean's going to go for another one, but Taker's going to grab his leg and catch it, and he gets Sean up in a tombstone. So as he's got Sean up, Triple H nails Taker in the face with a sledgehammer, and Taker collapses. Now, Mike Chioda is making his way up from the dead, <laughs> so he's recovered. And that's going to lead us here to, uh, to the end of the match here. How fortunate for Mike Kidd yeah. to be waking up just at this moment <laughs> yeah. uh, as Undertaker struggles to his feet and we see that uh, callback to that mm-hmm. incredible spot from WrestleMania 28 as Sean hits the sweet chin music. Undertaker falls right into the pedigree from Triple H. Triple H covers and this time he does get the pin to defeat the undertaker in 27 minutes and 35 seconds in their final ever match here wow pretty shocked at that one man honestly i did not see that coming i was so shocked because again i I avoided spoilers i was very i fully expected taker to win this match you know i knew it wasn't gonna be his last match of all time but i just thought what's the point of Triple H winning, you mm. know, like takers taker, but um, you know, we'll see where it's headed here. Mm. Uh, it, it it makes sense for the story, the bigger story, but I really like that ending, man. That's a really really nice callback to WrestleMania 28, and even if you haven't paid attention, like we have, to all the little nitpicky stuff, that callback is so glaring and obvious. Like everyone remembers oh, that yeah, near yeah, yeah. near fall on WrestleMania 28. So yeah, I really liked that that led to the ending here. I mean. Sledgehammer to the face, super kick pedigree combo. It was it was perfect, man. Yeah, and I appreciate that it took so much to get Undertaker yeah. down, too. Like, it hit him with pedigrees, hit him with a sledgehammer to the face, two sweet chin musics, another pedigree. Uh, that's what it should take to get Undertaker down at this point. So that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, Triple H is having this big emotional reaction to winning. He's crying. Which as, I can never take. He can never fake cry. I no. never, like... Sean can cry. I can take that. You know, other guys, but Triple H can never get me to buy into him crying. So, but You don't like is, Triple H's acting skills? You didn't care for the chaperone? Oh, man. I, <laughs> I like him in Blade 3. I'm just kidding. <laughs> On the Drew Carey show? Great. <laughs> the disciplinarian? Uh, <laughs> uh, they hug it out. DX does. Um, Taker's just shaking his head in disbelief and he's trying to recover. Uh, Kane is just kneeling there beside him. They're both disappointed here. We see all the replays and everything. Michael Cole's putting this, you know, incredible performance over. Triple H and Sean go to try to help Undertaker up, but instead Undertaker picks the sledgehammer up. 
Um, but instead of going for him, Taker just kind of gives a little nod of acknowledgement to Hunter and hands him the sledgehammer. Hunter tosses it out of the ring and then helps Undertaker to his feet. Uh, and what what you think is just this tremendous show of respect. They're, you know, you think they're going for another uh, WrestleMania 28 end of an era moment. Mm-hmm. They all share a hug and um, yep. Pyro goes off. Um, all four of these guys raise each other's hands. And Michael Cole promises us that these four men will never meet again. That's right, man. Never, ever again. They are. Uh, I appreciate what Sean said when he leans down to, to take her before they get up. He says, we've all been through enough, haven't we? I, I really like that little nice touch there. But, yeah, these guys are all holding their arm in arm, all four of them across the ring. I think it's, what, Taker, then Triple H, and Sean, and then Kane on the other outside. So the brothers instruction on the outside, they're all four holding their arms up. They're just, you know, doing the all bowing to one side and holding their hands up to another side. No, they're not bowing. They're just holding their arms up to soak in the cheers and stuff and kind of, you know, acknowledging that DX beat them and, and all that stuff. So, again, they're never going to meet again. The crowd is on their feet. And then suddenly, things take a turn. Undertaker and Kane just sort of share a little glance towards mm-hmm. each other. And then Kane punches Shawn Michaels. Undertaker gives Triple H a tombstone. Undertaker picks up Sean, tosses him out of the ring. Kane gives Triple H another uppercut. And then they start preparing the announce table. And Taker gives um, uh, Shawn Michaels a huge choke slam through the announce table. And the announcers are like, what is going on? Corey Graves yeah. <laughs> says, why, why now? What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, boys, this, uh, this rivalry ain't over yet. Exactly, but Melbourne is loving. They love this that this happened, man. And I, um, you know, Taker's music plays. The Bros of Destruction leave up the aisle, and we see DX on their backs and the rubble there. And uh, they don't leave, they don't do a fist raise though at the top of the ramp. They just kind of walk off. So I don't know. You're wondering like, is this kind of heel? Are they, are they turning heel? Or what's happening? But um, it was really neat. But yet you can see like so once this happened, as I'm watching it, you know, in in real time, I'm like ah. I understand why Triple H won this match. It's a part of a bigger story here being told. And part of me is like, Sean coming back? <laughs> is, is Sean coming back? I'm just wondering, you know, like, so. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, you uh, know he is at this point after it's yeah. over. But I was yeah. I was pretty shocked. I, I really didn't think, uh, you know, I, I thought they were just kind of teasing it to be a part of the buildup. Yeah. And, and I it really did catch me off guard when Taker mm-hmm. and Kane attacked the ex oh, year. Yeah, I, I thought sure. they were, it was just going to be the, the bow at the end and, and that was going to be it. But then you know they something else is happening here after that big angle. Oh, yeah, you know it. But yeah, I'm, I'm right with you, man. I did not see it coming. I didn't see the Triple H win coming. I didn't want to see, see it this. coming. I wanted him no. to stay retired. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that next week a little more. But yeah, I totally agree. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, personally, um, I remember when I watched this match in 2018. 
really not thinking too much of it, thinking it was just kind of a house show main event. But um, honestly, it wasn't as bad as I, as I remembered it. You know, I really did, I dug it more watching it here a second time. Um, could I? Could it have been shorter? Yes, but we say that about literally every Triple H match we cover. It's just bless his heart. <laughs> it's him, man. He can't help it. He's a he's an NWA fan. We're, <sighs> we're you know where Flair would go forty five minutes a night, but you know it's 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 not the worst. You know it's it's uh they gave a lot of effort and uh, I, I did write my notes. You know I call it like I see it. They do show their age quite a bit. I mean they are pushing fifty or over fifty with Triple H for uh, Taker, I think, but um. They know how to tell a story. There was a great t- story told here in this ring. There's no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, I, I do appreciate the effort they put forth because, well, yeah, they didn't know us anything. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the biggest criticism for this match, uh, that they absolutely show their age. There's no question. They're not sure. as crisp as they used to be. Um, they are a little bit gassed towards the end. Um you could see that as, as part of the story, though, too. You know, mm-hmm. they they they're not as young as they used to be. They they've gone through these epic rivalries. They're the old old cowboys, the old gunslingers now, just trying fighting for pride uh, now at this point in their career. Yeah. So in a way, it kind of adds to it. Um, it was not always pretty at times, but what I appreciated about it was that they did not go through the motions here, man. They they no. put a tremendous effort into this match even mm-hmm. if it didn't always click like like i said triple h has taken some nasty bumps man that oh, he yeah. does not have to he's the he has a corporate job dude he he never has to wrestle mm-hmm. again he doesn't have to do all this stuff uh right. but he and he he could out he could have a match too and not take all these bumps on the cement man like oh and all these chair shots he, he could just right he doesn't have to do all that uh, and same with Taker. Uh, so I just have a ton of respect for these guys uh, trying to put on the show that they did. Um, I agree with you completely. It could should have cut this match in half. Like you could have cut out everything in the crowd. That would have cut mm-hmm. five minutes out of this match, and you wouldn't yep. have missed anything. But yep. I really did like the last ten minutes of it. Like once once Mike Kyoto goes down, I think, mm-hmm. and like yeah. you're getting into. There's some really creative spots and some creative yeah. storytelling and all the callbacks to everything and um, all the uh, performance stuff, all the uh, sports entertainment stuff mm-hmm. starts coming into play here. I really enjoyed it. And uh, I think it's um, uh, it's better than its reputation. Uh, sure. I, I think agree. people probably look down on this because the next one is so bad right. uh, and such a disaster. Guilt think, by association. I think it really is, dude. <laughs> it really is. It's not five stars or anything. No. It's probably their worst pay-per-view match. Like if you had to stack them all up against each other, but their worst pay-per-view match is still not a bad match. You know, right. it's uh, it's decent for what it is. And again, I, I just, I, as I watched it, I really appreciated the effort they put into it, even if it wasn't, you know, uh, a barn burner. Yeah, no, I definitely liked it better this second time through. And I, I think part of it just comes from having such more of an appreciation for the whole thing, the whole story there, and for Taker, obviously, himself. And for Triple H, I mean, I got a couple more years of Triple H love under my belt here. Uh, I just I appreciate the effort, like you said. So that's a great, great word. But, yeah, um, but, again, you could tell it was just a part of a story. And um, setting up an angle for the next show, and we'll get to that on next week. So, and we'll oh, have our thoughts about that. <laughs> will we ever? So, 
Uh, we will keep rolling, rolling, rolling on to the last ride because this ain't the last ride yet, folks. The Undertaker is going to be heading back to Saudi Arabia, uh, getting another stamp on his passport going here. Going back to Saudi. As we Saudi. see something we truly thought we would never see, the return of the Brothers of Destruction against the return of Degeneration X, Shawn Michaels, Going back on his word, oh. coming out of retirement Surely and not. facing Sean or facing uh, the Undertaker yet again here in Saudi Arabia. Oh boy, we will have all of the thoughts on that next week. But uh, before we get there, we want to hear from you guys. Hit us up on social media at Talking Taker. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and that's where we're getting all these comments from. Uh, a few of you guys thought we were talking about that DX versus Brothers of Destruction match this week, uh, so a few of you dropped some comments on that. You didn't pay attention to the graphic. Come on, people. Uh, but uh, oh, they most, commented on next week's episode. Yeah, they were thinking it's that one again. Uh, I, I think people for, kind of forget this match even existed in a lot of ways, yeah. even though it was just a couple years ago. But yeah. uh, some of you did get it right. Evan John 97 said, I really like this match, but part of me feels like it undermined the end of an era match. WrestleMania 28 was supposed to be the last time they fought, and also end of an era sounds so much cooler than last time ever. Uh, I can't disagree with you, Evan. <laughs> uh, Jag.Knight, uh, whose uh, Twitter name is at I underscore AM 2443544848. Uh, <laughs> oh, I thought it was two five five four four three four four. Sorry, <laughs> my bad. Well, he says it's not even worth talking about. This match should have never happened. Eh, it's extreme. Uh, I think he means next week's. Yeah, well, he might. Uh, the downturn said, "Love these four guys, but it was a little sad." Uh, Jeremy Priest said, "Looking forward to your episode, but God, this match is awful." Uh, Taker. Dang. Uh, collecting Dead Man, who we talked about last week on the show, go give them a follow. Said Taker should have won this one, especially since DX won the next one. Uh, I don't know. You could kind of flip it and have DX attack Shawn Michaels. Uh, I keep tripping on words. You could you flip it and have DX attack Undertaker after the match instead of yeah. Brothers of Destruction attacking DX. You, you could go either way with that. Mm-hmm. Um, Princeton John says, didn't love it the first time. I uh, thought it dragged and was a bit boring. Watched it back, and it's not as bad, but still not yeah. a fan of it. So, you know, kind of the same thoughts as us. Uh, Mark It Down podcast said, Can't wait to listen to y'all talk about this. Watching it back wasn't as bad, but dang, it felt awful at the time. That's exactly what I said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, Travis, what do you always ask about at the end of the show? If you were there. do Are you serious? The world's what? ugliest man uh, <laughs> at the Insulin K said, I was sitting in the third row. The match was not good, but the atmosphere and nowhere you were seeing the first, last, and only time Undertaker would wrestle on pay-per-view in Australia was surreal. Personally, wow. I think Taker should have won, but it is what it is. Wow. Very yeah, man. cool. I don't even have to say that this time. If you were there, that's awesome. I love that. I was jokingly going to ask at the end, but yeah, of right. Of course. Right that's awesome. There were 70,000 people that. there, you know? Yeah. Uh, he said he also got to meet Shawn Michaels at a meet and greet the day before, too. So, 
that's Ooh. a heck of a weekend for uh, well, the world's ugliest fo- man. Yeah, let's follow that up and say, <laughs> I mean, did you mention his haircut or what? Oh, no, dude. It might be a little awkward. Yeah. Um, and uh, Watch Along Tommy was not there, but he <laughs> almost went. Uh, no <laughs> he sent a message and said he was no. so hyped for it. He, him and his, his wife were looking strongly into going to the show, going to Australia's on their bucket list. Um, Mine too. Yeah, dude, me too. But they ended up passing on the long flight. Uh, but, you know, they did wake up at 5 a.m. and uh, his wife cooked him a nice breakfast for the show. Uh, you know, some uh, shrimp on the barbie, of course, naturally. Uh, mm-hmm. Said he loved WWE, always doing different stuff like this for the show. Yeah, uh, it, you know, it's kind of the same things as you. It was a, a bit of a sad realization that that these guys might be able to cut the promos to get you hyped for this match, still better than anybody else. They probably shouldn't be having thirty minutes matches uh, on pay per view at this point in their careers. But uh, you know, instead of going to the uh, to Super Showdown, Tommy did go to the Evolution pay-per-view, so that's pretty neat. Oh, that's and cool. I believe he said on our watch along a couple weeks ago that he was at that MSG house show, too. Yeah, yeah. he said he was. So yeah, pretty neat. No fourth Gump, you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we've heard from someone from the Australia show. We got to hear from somebody from one of these Saudi shows, man. That would yeah. be wild. I'd love to hear somebody who was who was actually there. Yeah, we got like what two more Saudi shows left, maybe mm-hmm. to cover, or one yeah. or two more. So yeah. two. So uh, yeah. Don't be nuts. Are, chances are going down, but you know we've only got a few <laughs> more episodes, and two of those are from Aust- right. from Saudi. So we'd love to to hear if you were from there so uh, anyway that's really cool so yes it was uh don't forget to go uh you know make sure you follow us make sure you're subscribing um make sure you go to tpublic.com get you that bury me softly brother shirt or any of the other merch that we've got out there and uh yeah we'll see you next week yeah exactly well uh if you were there also let us know what you thought about it um let us know you know the youth have the same feelings we did on this match, were you? Did you pop for uh, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce win that tag team title match? I did. I was a huge fan of that match and them winning. So, uh, anyway, well, like Buddy Murphy girls. won the Buddy Murphy. cruiserweight title. That he was a did. great match. That was a great match. Great match. So, anyway, a lot of the, a lot of Australian talent in WWE at this point, and even now, even more right now in 2021. So, a lot of good stuff from down under. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, let us know what you thought, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, stay safe out there. Take her easy. I gotta go that again. Stay stay safe out there, and as always, take her easy. You know, man, you and I teaming up, it, it makes sense, right? We, we respect each other. We have similar likes and dislikes. We're both fantastic competitors. 
Look, let's, let's just come out and say it. We're both great guys. We're just a couple of great guys. Yes. Yes. I'm glad you said it. But, glad you said it. but you know what doesn't make sense? John Cena teaming with Bobby Lashley. Kev, it doesn't make sense, you know? It's like having a basketball team in Seattle. Respect for Detlef Shrimp. <laughs> Elias hit a sensitive button. Got Seattle right in the feelings. That's what poets do. 